Well, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are out there in the world, and welcome in to another episode of The Buddhist Biohacker. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is Lisa Gunshore. Please don't forget to click subscribe. I always forget to say that, so I'm going to remember today. And um, welcome in. We have had a very special year this year with a selection of women called the Diamond Beauties. And I have explained this many times, but I will say it again. Um, over last year, I connected with over 300 women across the world, and there were 33 of them that really represented the beautiful crystalline diamond of the High Heart Center. And Megan is one of them and one of my dear friends and colleagues. So welcome in, Megan Riley. Thank you for coming today. Thank you so much. So pleased to be here. So pleased to be with you. Oh, me too. I just love you always. And it's always nice to catch up because both of us are busy working on our missions and what we're here to do. And so this is like our catch up time live. In yes. Front of everyone. <laughs> yes. I wrote down it's our annual time, like an annual get together, two psychics, two Scorpios, two sisters get together and we catch up. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm putting the M in your name because I'm pretty picky about my Lisa M. Gunshore. So I feel like I'm going to put that for you. I'm the same way. I'm like, put that M in there. <laughs> well, it all started many, many years ago. I was buying my website and Megan Riley was an escort in Los Angeles. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So Megan M. Riley was then born. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> I don't love that it was an escort. But I, love right. I haven't checked to see if it's still up, but Megan M. Riley, that's why Megan M. Riley is everything. Make sure and put in Megan M. Riley or you might get an iPhone. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Well, you've got the M. I put it in. I was like, ooh, I'm Thank putting you. that in for sure. I can't figure out. Some mornings I wake up and I just need my glasses and I and then sometimes they bother me and I can't decide today. So anyways, I'm bringing them on and off. But what have you been up to? Let's talk about oh. what's going on. This is all about you today, of course. Um, I don't even remember where I was last year. Yeah, sometimes it helps with the blue light, sometimes it doesn't. So I know, um, I can't decide. Um, I'm really having a hard time because I really just want to see you. Also, this is like, my eyes are tired today, I can tell. So anyway. Mm -hmm. well, it's been like a physically exhausted over the last couple of days, I think with the um, eclipse and then coming up to the solstice. Just... Um, a lot of release, a lot of release. Mm -hmm. But where, let's see, last year, um, like physically, I was all over the place. I was in Creston, I think, when we talked live last yeah. year. Yes, because it was coming up in my um, memories about being in Creston. And it's like one of my favorite places to be right around summer solstice because there's this moment at sunrise where I like to get up really early and there's this moment at sunrise where the sun comes up over one of the mountains and it's like right at the peak. It's so amazing. And it's only like mm, the five days before and the five days after summer solstice that that happens. Oh, that's pretty. I tried to go there. I, I, my husband and I, I know it's really weird. I wanted to go there because there's a Tibetan, um, lamasery up there and yeah. um, temple and stupa and I wanted to go there and I just can't get there it's really weird and I have this weird thing too of Sedona is the same thing Crestone and Sedona and so we tried to go and it should be easy to follow the map and drive to Crestone but we never made it I mean it's really wild 
I, I would trust that because there's there's a certain vortex of Crestone. Um, I lived there for a while too. I thought, well, hey, I'm just going to go down and woo out it by the side of the mountain and it'll be amazing. And I stayed about two years and then came back. Yeah. Um, so I would trust that. Whatever's going on with the vortex, there might be some day when the vortex kind of brings you in. Um, and I found that it also spits people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've just never, I, I tried to go to Sedona a couple times too, and that didn't work out either. My mom lives 40 minutes from it and I still live there. <laughs> and so I just go with it. Like you said, I'm just kind of like, you know what, if I'm not meant to go, it's totally okay. There's a reason for it. So I just kind of leave it be. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I ended up in Denver, which is really oh, um, unpredictable for me. I had been living in the mountains for a long, long time. And um, something about quarantine, something about how things were last year, I was just done. I was done with isolating in the mountains. I was done with surrounding myself with decades and generations worth of stuff, right? And as I was going through things, I thought, who needs four sets of china? I mean, seriously, <laughs> or I, I had this couch that I hated, um, but it looked pretty and it was expensive when I bought it. So, and it, but it hurt my back. And, you know, it's just like all the, all this, this conversation about stuff started and, um, and I really let everything go. Um, I kept my grandmother's china cabinet, some books, crystals in my bed. And that was it. And uh, went from 9,000 feet in the mountains to a tiny little, tiny little apartment in uh, Capitol Hill in Denver. And it's really amazing. Lisa, I really just um, love being here. Oh, I love that. Well, you're so close by. We have to get together then because I'm oh, not yeah. there. I'm just south of you. I used to live at Pearl and 13th. That was where I lived up there. So um, I was up on Cap Hill for a while too. So it's, it's a fun, there's a lot of energy there. Yes. Very much so. It depends what we do with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it could it could be really overwhelming. I find really just being able to feed the grid, like what's happening with me and, and what's happening with my practice is that um, I start to feed the grid, um, uh, affecting it rather than being affected. And uh, it's a great way. I mean, you, you know, Scorpio, we just have a lot of energy. Like we, we have yeah. a lot of energy. And um, having a way to contribute in a way that doesn't, isn't overwhelming and then really um, goes down into eh, like all the juice that's happening right now, all that fear, all that um, uh, like complications that's happening. Kind of yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Well, and don't you think there's some, I mean, not to just, you know, point out Scorpios, but we are both Scorpios and yeah. I like to be, so, um, we, but, we are different. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> and I think that we, this particular time frame, when you talk about all of that energy and the layers and there's something about a Scorpio that we have this ability to just understand it. It's like, and not even a, I don't, I don't even know how to articulate it, but it's just like, I get what you're saying. And I know every Scorpio out there gets what we're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. you understand these layers and we're not afraid to work with that fear energy. I mean, I think Scorpio is totally the, the Kali of the, 
astrological signs because we're not afraid of the darkness and we're not afraid to talk about it. Sometimes I have to remember not to freak people out about it um, because it doesn't bother me when I talk about intense, heavy stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we're comfortable with the shadow. So um, being around, um, uh, there's a big drug problem in Denver. And so being around that kind of energy could be overwhelming. And probably to my previous self that needed to escape to the mountains, that would have been really, really overwhelming. But there's actually a way to, to more soothe the energy and then also have it be reciprocal as well, mm -hmm. if, that, if that communicates. Yeah. Oh, that totally makes sense. Well, I get it. I love the city. And I remember when I worked in New York City and going into that city is like you're almost going into like this beast of everything. And then when you leave, it's like this unplugging of like, whoa, I just like left this massive brick wall of energy. But there's something really fulfilling about it, too. Just like you're saying it, it, it there is a reciprocation of energy, too. So I love what you're sharing, because I think a lot of people out there probably watching right now. Um, live in cities and because you're empathic or sensitive, you feel like you shouldn't or can't or it's too hard. And this is like proof that you actually can and you can make it work for you. That's a great segue. Oh, I just startled the dog. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's new. Um, we, she came to live with me three days ago. So we're still learning oh. to, we're learning each other's energy and it's really, really sweet. Just um, really amazing. Little pit healer, big blockhead. And um, oh my goodness, so sweet. But the the empath conversation. So so let's talk about this um, because we also talked about um, many many years ago um, sitting in Chili's in in the Boulder Chili's <laughs> after psychic school. We would talk about being overwhelmed as empaths and having life come at us and having other energies come at us. And we were both in. Um, you know, unhealthy, addictive kinds of things then, uh, relationships then. And just like the the predisposition for an empath to enter into something like that, it's like a, this, um, they're suffering on the earth. And so as an empath, I have to take some of it on in order to then be able to clear. Or it's somehow we think that the empath's job to suffer until there is no more suffering or to be addicted until there is no more addiction. And so then we're in um, a city or um, really anywhere, like for a while, I couldn't be in crowds. It was so much, it was so overwhelming. And then come home and retreat from the world and pull back from the world and then talk about how overwhelming it was. Um, that, that's really, it's really a thing for sensitives and people who are waking up and people who, and and then all the training out there is that empath, being an empath is hard and we have to protect ourselves and light bubbles and wear certain pendants and, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Tell me, um, I, yeah, how is that for you now? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, I was just, and I'm so sorry if I upset anybody, but I don't think I will. I think our community can handle it. But, you know, we just were talking yesterday. We had like a little breaking news show, which was actually very fun and really addressed like that there's some real energy going on. There's some stuff um, coming down the pipeline that energetically that we can all feel. And um, there was a lot of comments about like not being able to watch the news and I guess what I want to say about it is 
it, it's comparable to what you're talking about, about, you know, you feeling attacked energetically and you're out with people and then you like come home and the news can feel that way too. And for me, nowadays that's just not the case like it's more about looking for information and it's 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 um i think you get to a point where you allow your insight to guide you it's kind of like trusting your intuition which is so cliche but that's literally what it is it's like if you can trust in your own insight then those things don't bombard you anymore and it's the same mm -hmm. thing for me when i'm out in groups like um, I felt it like after being in, in quarantine for the last year, like when I went out to a store, it was like, whoa, there's like a lot of people and this feels different. Like, this is interesting, but I'm, I'm looking at it as someone who's looking at energy and like kind of as the observer and the witness and not as this like sponge of like soaking it all up. And I think you can do that with the news too. Like you don't have to be a martyr. And that is like, that word is up for me the last few months is like, none of us have to be martyrs. You don't have to like take on all the energy and take, like you're saying, you can actually just observe it and witness it and notice what it's inviting you to see and trust in what you're seeing with it and, and trust in your tools to work with it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so good. And I, I, I think it really shows maturation in um, uh, how we are changing and how the energy is changing. And it's, it's going to change whether we've come along or not. It's just um, we'll be beat up a little bit less if we go along with it. And it's only getting faster. I, I just noticed like it's only getting faster and working with people where there's issues that they've been working on for decades and, and you know just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and myself as well and then all of a sudden it's just gone and it, yeah. and just clear 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 it's so fun it really is it's like a whole new world out there i mean the 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 speed um where i would my, maybe 10 years ago be spinning for days about some kind of <sighs> issue with a friend or a colleague like now it's like oh well that was five minutes ago like <laughs> <laughs> process time is like whatever you know and that comes from doing your shadow work i know that's part of it but part of it is definitely this age that we're in too it just seems like there's it's almost like we can't hold on to anything it's like impossible to do it even if you wanted to <laughs> yes and and if we try because i certainly have tried um it it bumps us around a lot or if we're um i saw a quote this morning <coughs> excuse me said everything i've ever let go of has claw marks in it and uh, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> the claw marks are getting less and less and the teeth marks are getting less and less and life just doesn't work like it becomes an integrity issue it becomes as if i were lying about something or pretending something or or holding on to something like that becomes that much more difficult and um yeah it's um yeah it's easy so that that here's what i found is that the the actual technology of the impact is to take right refine and then feedback but it doesn't have to go all the way in and we don't have to process it all the way in and have it go all the way down and like down into second and first chakra and then down below the ground it doesn't have to go there right we take it in and and this is where the detachment or the the observation and and especially like 
um, Jupiter at Aquarius kind of time is this is the detachment. We take it, right, observe, refine, and then give it back. And what we give back as refined is then pure for um, the people, for the, uh, anyone who's really freaking out to be able to use. Yeah, that's so good. That's a great, that is like a great way to say exactly what's happening. Yeah. Well, and I've noticed too, for me, even the other day, I was like, I forget what was happening. I, I can't even remember because it was like, who knows? But I just remember I was sitting kind of frustrated. I think it was probably because I was frustrated the house was messy or who knows what it was. But it was weird. Like it wasn't weird, but it was cool weird in that I was sitting there thinking, oh, I don't even need this story. Like I really need to just stop having my little temper tantrum. <laughs> and and that's like so amazing. Like that's a weird, amazing, cool thing. Cause and that's happened more than once in the last couple of weeks for me. It's like, oh, this isn't even like, what is this even, what am I even doing here? I'm like wasting energy, even feeling mm -hmm. this way. It's, it's kind of amazing. Like that energy just kind of, it's just sort of clearing and you don't even need to, it's like, I used to have to journal the pattern, right. And do some yes. self inquiry and look at the pattern. And now it's like, oh, well, I just noticed it and it's already gone before I could even think. I mean, it's kind of a interesting time that way. It really is. Just something that doesn't work anymore or doesn't fit anymore. Think about it like a piece of clothing, right? So I, um, um, it's sometimes several hours before I can get to a shower. So I get up very early, do my meditation practice, take the dog for a walk, then I go to the gym and take the dog for a walk and then you know, start work. So it's sometimes a while. But then, so when that tank top finally comes off, it's a little ripe. And for, you know, and that's like the pattern, that's all it needs to be is just to take it off, right? And just like a piece of clothing that no longer use, is useful or a little bit ripe, and then let it go. That that, that really is it. And then we have um, guides like you and I to do that with. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is next here? when you talk about energy and, and feeling things, and I'm not saying prediction stuff necessarily, I'm really just talking about energy. Like, you know, here we are talking about moving quickly mm -hmm. and clearing out. And I'm just curious what you think were, is upcoming for everybody when we talk about clearing out and energy. I don't know, well, I don't know what I'm asking, but I think you know what I'm asking. <laughs> well, I think it's attachments. Um, detachment was never a, a word or a practice that that I would have thought I'm you know pretty proud about being a fixed sign and pretty proud about being as as stubborn as I am. So practicing and having detachment in my life and detachment for the things that I really love. How is it that I get to be and how is it that I, that I get to show up while still being committed to these things and these people and businesses and things while being able to keep center no matter what. And just um, like you were talking about, have that be really five minutes ago and really observe something and have it just not freak us out. Mm -hmm. um, I think more and more opportunities, but I don't mean that as like a, a spiritual bypass on something bad's gonna happen and so we have to learn detachment. That's not, that's not it at all. It's, it's more like um, as things speed up, and Monday uh, Monday's gonna be super yummy. Um, um, you always do amazing stuff on the solstice. Um, but like can't get, like at zero point, right? Cancer at zero. Oh my God. It's going to be so fun. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just going to get stronger and faster and everything's stronger and faster. And 
um, things be able to manifest is a, is a big word, but really having things come into our existence and out of our existence very fast. Um, uh, having existence start to change. Um, being able to relate to what's happening around us in a really different way. And, and um, when I first started hearing about ascension, I, I thought it was like the rapture, right? <laughs> that that we're, we're just gonna leave minivans in the middle of, of, of the street. <laughs> And maybe we and should. Maybe we should. <laughs> and then, and then all the big box stores will be empty, and then we just ascend. Where instead it's existing, we're existing, and we're just having an entirely different experience. And that my physical experience is going to be very different from the person that I'm walking next to on the street. And what kind of experience is that going to be? Um, being able to really turn ourselves up and really being able to turn ourselves up in the second like that where it doesn't have to be okay i have to think positively and then do 108 mantras and then i have to smell something pretty and then i have to do this and then i have to put myself in a white bubble and then my vibration will be higher i think that is complete and order horseshit i think it's just that we turn it up and that we turn it up and then our ability and our facility be it gets faster and faster with that too mm -hmm. totally. and then Second chakra, all the second chakra, creativity, the senses, right? Being really being able to be in the body, embodied, be here and be able to experience this amazing place that we are without being all spun out about who's doing what and who's doing what that's affecting us. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know that you really activate me with the being in the body because that is like exclamation point to that. Like all this work and energy for all of us to leave our bodies. And we all did it. We all spent the nineties leaving our bodies, but like the only way out is in, that's really what I feel. And so what you just said, it's like, yes, yes, yes. Because that's, it's being in this experience. Like we leave yeah. the experience when we leave the body, like let's be in this experience. Cause this was the experience we were given as a gift to be here really. Yes. Now, have you noticed that your meditations have changed too? Like leading meditation? Yes. Yes. I, I spend a lot of, so meditation for me used to be trance work. I don't mm -hmm. know what's up with this today, you guys. I'm just feeling like <laughs> that was the first time I noticed it. There's a Twitter, there's a Twitter account called Unnecessary Quotes, you guys. And it's really the funniest thing in the world because people do use them all the time for no reason. But it used to be, I think trans work because it's kind of like a, a snooty way of just, I mean, it's kind of like, whatever, it's an uppity way of saying I was working with out of my body, right? Like whatever. But anyway, the point right. is now it's, it's totally what you're talking about with the sacral chakra. It's it, for me, it's about working with my Kundalini energy and it's really working mm -hmm. with my Vajrayana Tantra practice, which is the body. Like, I'm in my body talking to and working with my cells. That's my meditation. Forget, what about you? Yes. Well, I used to lead meditations about leaving the body, right? Go out and do astral travel and we're gonna meet lots of other beings and, and talk to them and we're gonna meet ETs and it's gonna be really great and like get high off the experience of, a, of a being in the body, being out of the body. Mm -hmm. And that was always my intention because I had so much unhealed stuff that I hadn't really dealt with. 
and it all lives in the body. So for me to be in the body would have been really difficult. Yeah. Um, and now very different where even the meditations I, I lead are starting out about feeling the body, right? Connecting the body to the chair, connecting the body to the body, connecting the body to other bodies, connecting, right? It, it's mm -hmm. even the senses and being able to drive the senses. And just just like you, I mean, the, the Western Tantra that, that is um, so much of a part of me and that's so much about how I express myself and really like gives everything that I do. I found this, I did this really great thing with a girlfriend, we're starting a business. And so what we did was we invited the deva of the business into our bodies and she's on the other side of the world. So she's on the other side of the world and we sit down we do a meditation separately and then have a playlist set up and move the body how the deva of the business wanted to move the body. So sometimes it was crawling across the floor. Sometimes it was dancing. Sometimes it was rolling around on the bed. Sometimes it was eating something. Sometimes, right? And, and for two hours did this. Wow. And then found, you know, found a way to talk to her, communicate, start writing things down. And what was interesting is she's um, uh, across the world. We had a really similar experience and that the deva of the business was very much the same for the both of us. Um, and what I got out of it was, yes, sitting down at my puja is something that I do every day, but this, like, this is a practice. I, I don't know how I could do two hours yet, but, but to have that be as a daily practice and really bring in the, the energy of the day, bring in the deva of the day, bring in me, like, like being embodied, dancing around the apartment, crawling it, like being a spider around the chairs and stuff. And it's just me and the dog and the dog looks at me like, um, <laughs> so great. And it, and it was such a great way for me to bring like even more juiciness into daily practice. I love that. That sounds amazing. What's your business? Can you share? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. Well, everyone stay tuned. You're going to have to follow Megan to stay tuned. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's, um, you know, even my readings have changed. Like what you're talking about with the, the Deva and the body, like, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like when I work with clients, it's about being extremely present with them and their body where for many years, it was kind of going out and gathering information. Now mm -hmm. it's like unlocking the information inside of them. And because it's all really in, in you anyways, you know, but it's it's unpackaging those photon light packages inside of them and looking at that um, when I'm getting information. So I'm curious for you, like, have you noticed that you, how you work with people has changed? It's so well put. Yes. And yes, uh, I used to do experiences like go meet, right? We would meet at a point and then have my um, guides work with their guides and then get information. And it was all kind of outside of both of us. I often spent um, time with my eyes closed, readings with my eyes closed. Um, or then I would be over there in their field, kind of poking around. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, yes, what has changed is to be embodied myself then has the other person be embodied. There's a few practices that I do right before, like right before a call, um, picturing the person in, in uh, the violent flame and um, St. Germain's work, which really just clears things, right? And then um, myself being embodied, being able to ask, because all a reading really is, is validating someone else's intuition. It's things that they may know, but not be conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and really like coaxing out or pulling out those gold threads that are already there. They yeah. just may not have seen it. And, and this is uh, a yummy question, really yummy question, of being able to see, like see the shadow, call out the shadow, was something that, that I would have done or find some nice way to say, here's the shadow, you need to do this. As opposed to the shadow's there, it's gonna come out, we're gonna deal with it, but the shadow leads to the gift. So what is the gift on the other side? And when we pull out the gift, then the shadow comes with on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Hadn't articulated that, that was really great. Thanks. I'm glad I asked you then. Well, yeah, because it's different. And I think the other thing that is different for me is grounding the client in the body before the session, where like you're saying before, I think both, because both of us went through a very, we went through the same training, essentially, to begin with anyways. And um, I don't know that that was ever taught. Is kind of what I'm thinking out loud right now is like what to do with the client. Cause when you come for a session with a psychic, you're, you're kind of freaked out, usually anxious, nervous, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many times you've been. And I'm sorry, as a psychic, I do the same thing when I go to a psychic. I mean, you oh, kind yeah. of feel a little, and so there's something really potent about actually grounding the client and I noticed this, this is really actually, I don't even know where this is coming from, except it's just coming out because this happened very recently is I noticed um, someone came for a session with me and they were, it was like the energy was very convoluted and distorted. And and I recognized like, oh, like you're, you need to take a deep breath. <laughs> like you're not like, so I backed up and like we went into a process, but in that process, I recognized like, this isn't really taught anywhere or talked about like, what to do with the client. Like you're just expected to kind of deal with it. And I know many of you who are watching right now do this kind of work. So I think it's worth talking about. I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? Cause it, I do feel like that's not really something ever taught or learned. I don't know. You know, it's really not. And remember when we first started reading, we would go and hour without getting any validation without having the client talk at all and for somebody who's like driven or whose patterns were driven on outside external validation oh my gosh that was excruciating that was the worst (laughs) so hard and i was like looking for like energetic validation and be like are they internally nodding they're like yeah 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 no nothing nothing or sometimes we were even like in in a different room from the person oh it was good. It built a muscle, though. 
Yeah, it. I mean, it, it definitely prepares you for those times where you're reading people and they don't give an inch or they say you're wrong. That's my favorite. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah. And it's, I'm telling you guys hundred percent of the time. And I don't know about you, Megan, but I'm sure it's true for you. A couple months later, you get a call and you're like, Oh, you were so right about this and this. Yeah. And I just didn't want to talk about it. Cause some people are closed and it's, they're just not ready to talk about whatever you just saw. They probably didn't know you were going right. to see it. Or psychic amnesia really does happen. Really, like we really do forget. I get nervous and I forget often. Sometimes the question that I was going to ask or or I forget, nope, 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 doesn't sound familiar. That person doesn't sound familiar. Oh my gosh, that was my grandmother. How could I forget that? It ha- yeah, it happens all the time. But um, it took a while before I figured out that that happens all the time, and I would question myself and turn myself inside out. And then, and then the person that would be like, "Nope, nope, nope, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong," would be and go refer ten of her friends. Yep. Yeah. That's totally outward. <laughs> you know. Let's see. What else has changed? I've been doing a lot of breath work because mm-hmm. breath work is another thing that we're not taught. And if the client is, even if it's one of the clients that I get to talk to every single week, we come to the call with all sorts of things. We come to the call with life happening. We open emails right before or sometimes during there's a text that comes in, right? Or somebody's, um, uh, you know, someone's just pressing redial on, on the phone. So life is happening during the reading. And yeah. there's a lot to... Um, say, instead of say, just get present or go on a meditation tour, sometimes it's too hard to get the mind to stop. Mm-hmm. And the things that I know to get the mind to stop are breath work and movement. Yeah. Yep. Breath work is, so I started um, the certification for, to be a block therapist and right on. Oh yeah. And I am obsessed with the block obsessed. Wow. Deanna Hansen is a genius. Um, but the breath work, like you're saying, I mean, you you put the block, you always begin your practice putting the block, you know, you lay on it on the floor on your diaphragm and you breathe. So you're working your diaphragmatic muscle. And that is like, I don't need to do anything else but that. I feel like sometimes, I mean, you just breathing is so important. And I used to yawn in my readings. That is an interesting thing too. I used to yawn because I would talk so much. And why did we talk so much? Because I was, was trying to prove something or trying, you know, looking for that validation. Mm. And so one of the things that's changed for me too, Megan, is giving silence, Mm. allowing us to sit in silence, giving space. And that breath work that you're talking about does that, you know, giving an opportunity to breathe, slow Mm. down, and create space. I think, you know, that's a creating space. April Meganson and I have talked about this many times, but I know you get it. Like having space, space in yourselves, space mm-hmm. in how you're communicating, space in the energy. Um, that's what breathwork's done for me is it's given space and it's given me the ability to step back and not have to fill up the space. Cause that's what I used yes. to do is fill up the space. And by the end of the day of doing readings, I would have no voice. Mm-hmm. I'd be yawning, I'd be tired. And now it's like, no, we're going to breathe. We're going to think we're going to feed the brain. We're going to allow this exchange to happen. Yeah. 
Well, like there's an old um, NLP trick or even reporter's trick about just if we stay silent, if, if the interviewer stays silent, then the interviewee will eventually fill in the space. And that was totally me. That um, couldn't be with the silence, couldn't be in the silence. Mm-hmm. And being able to be in the silence and be in that uncomfortableness. What, what else are we able to be in the uncomfortableness with, right? Life, relationship, um, as life happens and tragedies happen and um, as life unfolds, we can be in that uncomfortableness without having to reach for something. Yeah. And, um, and the more that we can do that, then the more the people that we get to work with get to do that too. Yeah. Well, and isn't that the invitation that the pandemic, I mean, the pandemic invited us to be silent and to go mm-hmm. within. And what a lot of people did is went from one narrative to another and distracted themselves with a bunch of stuff. True or not true, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all a big distraction. And um, I think there's going to be more opportunities, like you said, to be in the silence. And I think it's, it's, are you going to accept the invitation? Are you going to accept the invitation to be quiet? Yeah. No matter how uncomfortable it is. Because the magnetic pull of work, money, social media, food, processed food, um, the magnetic pull, the, the, um, it's like this vortex of energy that's spinning. It wants us to slow down and to isolate and get very, very slow, right? And not really, not really pay attention, not really see what's going on, be super reactive. Um, the silence, that's different. So there's, there's isolation and isolation is separating ourselves. Um, it's uh, thinking that we're different. It's um, having very personal conversations, right? I'm the only person that does this certain kind of messed up thing. And then the silence is really being able to see the, the, the beauty and the imperfection in humanity and, and then being able to see it happening around us and, and not judge it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first kind of pulled out, it's a little bit like getting out of um, swirling water or getting out of um, uh, a busy sea. And it's a, it's a relief, right, to get a breath. <sighs> I made it. And then to look back on it and judge it and get super righteous and write all of those things, be able to look back and, and look at all those um, uh, sheep and, and things, which is just one side of the hand, back of the hand. Yeah, the silence, that's, that's something very different. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love KTL's comment here. I'm just going to bring it up because it's worth bringing up here, but she said, the few times I have had readings, I don't give much back because I'm taking it in and processing it. And yes, sometimes you don't know how it connects at the time. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's the processing time. And, and I think that's, that's, you know, what, what you and I are talking about, Megan, is that we weren't giving ourselves time to process what was coming. I think, I know for me, I thought I had to give everything away. It was like, how mystical do I need to like to prove that I can do this? Well, now it's like, 
really one sentence, we could spend an hour with one sentence. So like, yeah. let's just point directly to the truth with a capital T and just kind of sit with it together. Mm. That's what's changed. Mm. Like you don't need all the other stuff. Yes. Yeah. And there was a, there was a lot of competition there <laughs> at our, at our, psychic school well everywhere um, even at the psychic fairs i mean i don't care where oh you my go. gosh oh my gosh energy central yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes um i would say you know the fairs if they're fun that's great but um you know don't get a lot of readings because because those people are are like being there's a lot of energy going towards those readers all day long Mm -hmm. And there's only uh, there's only so long that we can really like hold it off. Well, and I'll get I'll like point directly to some harsh truth, which is there's a lot of unhealthy people doing readings, and we were that those people, by the way. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. if if you <laughs> physically saw, let's just talk about physical things. If you physically saw Megan and I in Boulder <laughs> doing readings. We were, we were both like a hundred pounds bigger. I like, know. Yeah, like a hundred pounds. Can, if you I, can, like, I, I, I don't even like how to how to picture. You need to it. It, like, picture it was like this. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, Which I, so much like so much compassion for size and body image and oh, and you know I have a lifelong um, disordered eating that that I'm in recovery for and so so I absolutely have compassion for that and. It's not a really healthy place to be doing readings for other people. No, it's not. And that's my point. Cause I'm with you. Like I, I lived that life. So I have a lot of empathy for those who are still living that life or who feel stuck in that life. And I help a lot of people get out of that life. And so does Megan. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, for me, Megan, I think it's, it, what I recognize now that I didn't because I was in it, right? When you're in the pattern, you don't notice it, right? But now it's like, you really wanna look at the body of work of the people that you work with. Because if they haven't been through, they're like, it's far beyond a dark night of the soul. But if they haven't gone through their own healing, it's pretty obvious, I think, when you look at somebody's body of work, what they've created, how they take care of themselves. Um, and it, it's harsh. And I know it's judgment for me. Like I have judgment when I see energies where it's like they're not, you know, I have judgment when I see a psychic smoking cigarettes. And mm -hmm. I think, what is this about? Like, mm -hmm. and so that, I don't know where that's coming from either, but I just think, you know, you have to really look like, for you, Megan, I know you've been through this incredible healing journey, and so have I. And so we come at it from a different space. And there are incredible, beautiful healers who have been through that same journey. And there are a lot of them that are still in there. So I think that's the thing with the psychic fairs is that I noticed was like, it's it's such a mixed bag of energy. Yeah, it's such a mixed bag of energy. And then like the rocks and stuff, you know, it's a little like going to the pet store to get your crystals um, go and and um, crystals just uh, it's hard for me to go into like rock shops even because all the rocks are like pick me pick me um, 
similar to going into a shelter, I have to give crystals in really special places and, and decks of cards and stuff. Like, I got to be really careful about that stuff. I don't even go to the fairs anymore. I don't, I don't even know if they're happening because yeah. I haven't been to one in a really long time. And I don't know with the pandemic if they're still happening. I wouldn't go now. Definitely not. No. If, there, if there are variants, it's going to be at the fairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, having done the work, really being able to have, having done the work, know it and, um, well, similar to coaches, right? What is it that you're going to the person for? You wouldn't go to um, someone who hasn't really handled um, relationships for a relationship coach. You wouldn't just, wouldn't right. do that. Same, same thing. And then while the information, I mean, we've always been sensitive. We've always gotten information. But the information might have been compromised. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was drinking during the fairs. So how do we know that we don't have that kind of compromised uh, information is um, look the person, feel the person, you know, and, um, and then make your decision. Not only how long have they been doing it, because we've seen a lot of old time psychics who were just as not as healthy. Yeah. Yeah. True. So let's talk about what, what are, kind of sessions are you doing these days? Like, how are you working with people? I want you to be able to share that today. Oh, gosh, it's so fun. I, you know, sometimes I just like, I, can't, I, can't, I, ah, I get to do this every day. Um, so I love working with Scorpios. Love working with Scorpio. So I'll just do a little like Scorpio plug right here. There's a special <laughs> world that we live in that um, I'm sorry, you guys, but everyone has placements in Scorpio. So everyone at to some level is going to understand, right? But there, but there are certain conversations. There are certain conversations about relationships. There are certain conversations about how we how we fixate on things. There are certain con conversations about sexuality. There's certain that other people are just not going to get. And I love that. There are mostly women, some men, that call me and say, I'm a Scorpio, I really want to work with you. And so we work on these great stuff like bringing, really bringing the energy in of something, bringing the, the deva of the day or the business of the day or working with sexuality and clearing, clearing stuff about sexuality. Um, uh, you know, I used to teach Tantra years ago, so that definitely is a part of my body of work and being being in that and in that conversation, really having, you know, our lives be extraordinary and not something that is overwhelming. Um, another is business owners, is small business owners. And it's really like, how does the empath keep her woo? And not just women, but I say 95% of the people that, that I get to talk to are women. Um, how is it that we get to keep our woo and keep our sense of integrity and run a business that isn't a business in a box conversation, that isn't one of those business gurus saying, do it this way, content marketing, right? Do speak it this way. You have to, you know, all of those things. How is it to find our own certain specific, really yummy voice? And that's going to break through the crowd and break through everyone that is not speaking the truth. How is it that we find truth and be able to have a business that isn't overwhelming, that feeds us, 
that has us um, break through patterns like putting ourselves last, break through patterns like people pleasing, break through patterns like not being visible and not right, not being in front of the camera or disappearing in some way. Ha empowering empaths to work like that, man, that's fun. And and that's like that's that's every so is um, startups. Um, it's businesses that's been funded, it's, um, you know, solopreneurs, it's um, men and women with 15 employees, all sorts of like, what's next? And um, those are, are just Jasmine. I really love those two. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. Do you have any classes or events? Like, what are you doing these days? Are you doing any group stuff? Nope. I love it. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> <Kidding. laughs> <laughs> now, every once in a while, I'll be like, I'll get the message that it's time, right? And then I'll start a group and um, a group will go for a while. So you can always send me a message and um, say, get me on the list for next time. But I don't know when that will be. And it's not something like, um, I just follow kind of the urge and the urge for what's next, if that's a group, if it's events, if it's um, just one-on-ones. And right now, the one-on-ones are so yummy. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to give you some space to share with people how they can connect with you. We do have all of Megan's information in the show notes for everybody who's listening later on audio. And we have it across the screen, but I'd love for you to say it anyways so that people know how to find you. Mm, thank you, Lisa. My Instagram, that's really fun. I love Instagram. It's um, come find me. It's uh, like one of my favorite places to play. And that's Megan.m.Riley. Um, and uh, yeah, that's just fun. Um, there's a link tree in there where you can schedule if you want, but it's more just like come see me every day. I usually post something about every day. And uh, Facebook is Megan.m.Riley0. Also a really similar picture of me. Again, just post something every day. And then website is MeganMRiley.com. And um, you can always send me an email. Um, social media is um, Instagram's probably the easiest way to find me. Cool. Well, and I can say, you guys, I'm on Megan's mailing list. And you always, you have these really great weekly email. I mean, I really, they're always, when I get your emails, there's something about it. It's very simple. It's very direct and clear, and I just love it. So if you guys are looking for that kind of message, um, I highly recommend getting on Megan's mailing list. It's worth mm -hmm. it, for sure. And um, what are your words of wisdom for the rest of the year for everybody? You know, there's, a, there's um, I think the energy is really going to speed up. And um, it could seem to be a lot. It could seem to be um, um, a lot or intense or... Hmm, like not, not, not really knowing what to do in the swirl. And I think that it's really about being able to be in the body, really good, but really about being able to be present. So the things like breath work, so the things like really being with the senses and food and, and smells and textures and, and having our lives reflect that, right? How could just walking around the house be a sensual experience and really having our lives reflect that kind of sensuality, that kind of presence. And that sensuality that has isn't necessarily about sex. It's presence and, and like leaning back into all the beauty and the exquisiteness that is out there right now. Summer, even though there's this massive 
heat wave um, across North America and um, uh, really strange weather all the way across the world, there is, um, there's new things that are popping up, right? There's new species that are happening. There, there's, there's new things. So when we start to look for these is when kind of the swirl out there can happen and it's a lot less overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and remember that the, the, the technology for the empath is to take in, but not take in all the way, right? It's to take in and let, and let it be a little detached and then we refine the energy. There's a, the only way that we can refine the energy is by really having a full cup. So refine the energy and then send it back and send it back as something more pure and uh, more clear than when it came in. I love it. That's beautifully said. Well, and I got a hit while you were talking. I'm like, oh, it kind of landed in me too. That's how we can slow down that time. This time compression that's going so fast right now is to be present. That's when that's when you slow the timelines down um, so you can take that deep breath. So um, such great advice. And I'm so happy you came today. I love you and miss you and think of you often. And we're both just so busy in our little world. So it's so nice to slow down and stop and have a conversation with you today. So thank you so much. It's so good to connect with you. Mm. Oh, I love you. I love you too. And I love all of you out there in the audience. Um, this is our last show of the week. So enjoy your weekend. Um, unless we have some sort of other breaking news, but I don't think we will this weekend. Um, now that I said that, I'm like, but anyway, enjoy your weekend. Um, and we are back next week with Sean McNamara. He will be back. He was featured in a recent documentary. He has a book um, all about Mind Possible and Ben Spoons with his mind and all sorts of things. Um, but he's also a good friend and he's going to be back talking about how to tune in. So this conversation that Megan and I are having will be continued with Sean next week. Um, so I will see you guys back here on Tuesday. And thank you so much, Megan. It looks like um, KTL's already started following you on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you guys. Thank you, Nick. You for listening. Thank you to everybody who's commenting here and much love to everybody. And I'll see everybody in the Ajata Casa app. Don't forget, um, if you have not downloaded it yet, free community, non-divisive, non-violent, come on in, um, leave the old social media behind. All right. Love to you. Thank you, Megan. Bye.